Who are those fellas down at the end of the bar? Those are the McGlynn boys. It's best to just let them be and listen to what they gotta say. Ask if you must, drink if you want, and disregard the rules because this, this is the tavern in question. So, yet again, it is Thursday night, and yet again, we are here at the tavern in question, and yet again, we are in person. It has not happened much. The stream itself has not happened often over the last uh, month, thanks to my fucking shenanigans. Um, and, uh, I mean, the last episode we did together was uh, was the throw-together guest hosts. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> debacle. That was that was uh, that was an adventure. I was I was late getting getting to the the stream, and I was when I hopped on. There's a, a party, <laughs> which was incredible, and that's just kind of uh, what we do. So, welcome, uh, podcast land and streamers, to the season finale of uh, season two of the Tavern in Question. We are. We are wrapping it up. We're going to take some time off in July, even though it seems like we've taken a lot of time off already, uh, which I will explain all that later in the show. But uh, uh, but yes, this is this is going to be it. Now, tonight's show is going to be a little bit different for everybody because uh, we are pulling in uh, a lot of folks who have joined us and have been a big part of the show throughout this season, and they're going to join us for different segments. So, uh, podcast friends... Who uh, who haven't been on the stream and and didn't get the uh, the intro that that Josh gave over the stream? Uh, we are joined for our first segment this evening by a very familiar voice, uh, not so a familiar face because her anonymity is amazing, <laughs> absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, but Summer from Stress, Depressed, and Anxious is joining us for our first segment. Hello, my friend. How are you? I am well because I'm here. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, we we love it. We love having you around, uh, and it's it's always it's always an adventure. I so I, when I was editing the episode, the last episode you were on, it's it, usually when I'm editing and and while I'm editing, I'm I'm laughing my ass off. I'll I'll like hit Josh up and I'll be like, dude, this this is gold. So I actually, I hit him up this last time. I'm like I'm like it's hilarious. We're probably gonna get kicked off Twitch, but this shit is so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. So thank you so much again for taking time and, to, and coming to hang out with us here at the Tavern. Love it. It's a pleasure. It's literally such a pleasure. All right. Well, uh, I took an inconvenient sip at the wrong time there. <laughs> <laughs> a little break in the noise. Uh, I'm really trying not to edit much on this one, so hopefully we can we can uh, okay. just, right. just pull well, it and well, go. You have the wrong person on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to edit me down. Oh, absolutely not. So you're you're going you're going hot like full send. Uh <laughs> you're right here. So so no stress. All right. Well, uh Josh, if you're ready, and Summer, if you're ready, uh let's let's make our way over to the news desk. Breaking news from somewhere in the vicinity of Miami, Florida. We're going to our correspondent on the road. Summer. <laughs> well, um, well, what I want to say is that uh, while Florida does have a lot of fucking weird news, I thought <laughs> for this segment, I would go with the fact that Nancy Pelosi's husband has been charged with a DUI causing injury. 
Oh. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting to talk about. Turns out that her husband might face some criminal charges for driving under the influence of alcohol. So I don't know if he was at the tavern in question, but <laughs> he was having himself a grand old time and got into a car accident. Um, and so it's a little bit of a scandal. Yeah, uh, can confirm that he was not here and had nothing to do with us whatsoever. He's on his own, but we're not. Yeah, we, we're not going to claim him. He's 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 got his own thing. I had heard that. Also, uh, I mean, it's interesting. This is not his first one. Uh oh, I think this is like his third one. Three strikes, you're out, man. Uh, in the state like, of California, that's the that, thing. But we'll see if the speaker of the house's husband, oh, if the uh, rules apply there. Maybe I she mean, would... it has to, right? Because you, I mean, if your wife is the speaker of the house, you have got to drink. I mean, <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're married to Nancy Pelosi, you have to drink. You've, you've, he's you probably been drunk drink, the whole time. You know? <laughs> now, I will say that to me, it's like it sucks because I feel like you know that has to be embarrassing for Nancy, and I think that would be embarrassing for anyone who you know is in a in a powerful position and their partner just is like in a slop you know what i mean like get your shit together (laughs) i am nancy fucking pelosi and this is gonna make the news and you can't get a driver or something you idiots you know i'd be so pissed if i were her well, so they're also getting looked at for like insider trading stuff because I mean, but that goes with it. <laughs> so, so they are they trading. are like if you're mul- not insider trading, that's suspicious, it, right? Um, so there, there's that, but like they're they're super good with money. So again, like I'm with you. Like, why the fuck were you driving? Right. Like you let you. you I think he probably wanted to hit have someone. I think driver. that was like the motive. Like I think well, he wanted to get someone in the car. Fucking you know, get an Uber. I think like he was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna grand theft auto it up. I'm going oh, oh, to no. <laughs> wheel this car. And I'm drive. gonna kidnap a hooker. I'm gonna run over a kid on a bicycle, and then I'm gonna hit some nuns. Let's do this. Yeah, let's. <laughs> We're going do to Hollywood Boulevard. You've never played GTA, apparently. I have not. I've just. I mean, the, the hooker part's real, but yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, I love GTA, but I think that's what he was doing because you know what? There is a certain level of power that you get that I feel like at some point you kind of want to almost sabotage yourself just for the fuck of it. I think that that truly happens because some of the things are just absolutely ridiculous. I remember the early 2000s era where it was like politicians were <laughs> getting ousted for like all their sex scandals, but it was never normal. It was always like really ridiculous shit like like beyond ridiculous and it's like how did this happen like i think you just wanted to like ruin everything for yourself you know what i mean like i think they're just like having the time of their lives um but that's the thing like bill clinton kind of like won the day for that kind of stuff though because oh boy got a blow job in the oval office that's very true. And he's not the first. I don't think that oh, by any stretch no. of the imagination, no. he's the first person. And I guarantee you, the blowjob was one of the least, like, mo- or most timid things that occurred in that place. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, like he there's... just got sloppy. He was like, you know what? I'm just getting away with this. Like, I'm just going to, like, you know what I mean? Just get totally sloppy with it. And, and I don't think that he probably thought that it would go this far. But, yeah, it's just like, ugh. I don't know. If I, I guess, like... It's almost, it reminds me of my dad when he came home and it was like, oh, like I hit a speed bump on the highway. Like, oh. you know what I mean? It's just people make mistakes. 
Uh, <laughs> we're not going to blow past that. We got to back that one up just a little bit. I, are there speed bumps in the highway in Jersey? Like, no, no, there's not. And when he said, when he was talking about it, and my mom was like, well, where, where did this happen? Where were you driving? And he said the highway. We were like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I just think that sometimes, you know, life comes at you fast, and you just got to keep going. And I think that's what happened to Paul. I think life came at him fast, and he just wanted to, you know, have a little fun, swerve in some lanes, and it, it just ended up not not well. But then again, if you really look at it, didn't Caitlyn Jenner or whatever, like, literally kill someone, and that got kind of covered up completely while texting and driving or whatever? You guys remember that? No. Um, <laughs> was it Caitlyn Jenner or was it one of the daughters? No, it was Caitlyn Jenner, a.k.a. Was it? Bruce Jenner. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> who was at the, like, it was early around the time where he just, like, first transitioned. And he was apparently driving. And you can look this up. He was driving and he was texting and driving. And he hit someone and killed them. Oh. And it got so covered up, like, to the point where, like, you, you don't even know about it, right? It got so covered up. He just, like, paid them hush money and just, like, tried to make this whole thing go away. So I feel like, you know, there might be this feeling too of like when you get to a certain level, look, it comes with the territory. If you can't do a little DUI or just, you know, get a little blow job here and there, do some coke, um, maybe even kill somebody, then what's what's it really worth? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, what's the point of being in politics if you can't get away with some shady shit? Exactly. Exactly. But he's not like that's the thing though. Like he's a spouse, right? Yeah, like he's, he's in politics. Oh well, no! If no, if yeah. you are a spouse or you're the like if you're the person in politics or you're the spouse, you are in politics. Because I almost feel like you're more in politics. Like I almost yeah. feel like you're more like you know scrutinized than even the person in the limelight, which is so irritating. Like if I. Or her, I'd beat the shit out of him. Like, are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me right now? Well, she probably you know, did. Because you have to deal with it. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, you know, he walks in the house, she just kind of walks over, grabs him by the ear, like, with one hand, the other hand, slap, slap, slap. slap. <laughs> you dumb I motherfucker. Beats the the shit How dare you? <laughs> I told you not to go anywhere. It is, it is terrible. I mean, especially if he's on his third, I, it's like, yeah. dude, oh, get some help or take a fucking Uber, you know, and he's probably, oh, I don't know how Uber works. Ugh. Like, <laughs> shut up. You know, I'm all for taxis. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why, that's why he drove. He, is, he couldn't and, find a taxi. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think he has like this really stupid car, too. Um, he, oh, he, it was a, it's a Porsche, which is stupid. Uh, yeah, that is a stupid car. It is stupid. Yeah, I, Porsches and Beamers. People who drive Porsches and Beamers are just assholes. Uh, so this was in February of 15. Uh, Jenner was hauling an off-road vehicle on a trailer behind her Cadillac Escalade and then steered to avoid cars slowing for a traffic light in front of her. Uh, Jenner's SUV rear-ended two cars, pushing the Lexus into oncoming traffic that was then hit. Uh, it was a 69-year-old woman named Kim Tao that was killed. Jesus. Um, was struck on, head on by a Hummer. Oh, um, yes, <laughs> she did. Well, I mean, at least Not she wasn't good. like struck on by like some stupid ass van or something. Or a Prius, yeah, yeah, a Prius. Oh God, yeah, but a yeah, Prius no. or yeah. Holy literally, shit. literally killed somebody and and 
I had no idea. Totally got away with it. It's not even in this report that you're reading, but they literally said at the time that, like, yeah, the police had gotten her on, like, texting and driving, and she admitted to it and all that stuff, and it was like, what? Like, are we just going to pretend this didn't happen? And it was like, yeah, we're going to pretend that this is not happening. (laughs) Um, That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's, Mm. uh, Yeah. yeah. But and and so there it is. Like again, like if you have the money, you can you, you can get away with murder, with fucking anything. Well, not that's, murder, but that's the name of the game. Almost. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got money, you can get away with murder. You know, that's why it's it starts with an M. Ah, money mm. and murder. Holy money fuck. and muck duck. <laughs> 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 Do you guys get that reference? I love when I love when um Dwight from the office was like, "All R's are really intimidating." That's why it's called murder, not muck duck. <laughs> I'm not a. I've never watched The Office. Are you fucking kidding me? Not once. At least, at least you watch Letter Kenny. At that's least okay. I watch that's, that's okay. Can confirm. I can. I can forgive you. For not watching the office. You need to bring that down about 20% there, guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Pelosi is uh, facing charges. Dumbass, he's and a- he's now facing charges <laughs> for drunk driving. You know, uh, this is so stupid. Um, but I wonder if he had fun doing it. That's what I would ask him. Like, did, did you have a little fun doing it? Because I always wonder, like, what it's like to drive drunk. Oh, it's not great. Um, <laughs> it should be like a simulator like a little you know what they, yeah they should there should be like a little simulator that you can do that makes you feel what it's like to they, so drunk. they have those actually um and they do a lot of these uh the like it, with my time in the army they were doing they do a lot of these safety day things and they'd bring in like go-karts uh and have like this go-kart track set up and then what they would do is they would have you put on these goggles that distort your vision and cause you to have like to be like uh like the beer goggles yeah oh yeah those things suck yeah so it'd get you like super dizzy and like like disoriented and then they would have you you know hey just drive from here to there and then park the go-kart over there and then and you would drive and you'd be like i'm good i'm good i'm good and then you'd like once you park and you take the goggles off you've literally knocked over every single fucking cone that was in the thing you're like oh that's amazing yeah Yeah. and all those codes are people yeah yeah you literally (laughs) yeah you you, you killed grandma and the freaking seven grandkids like uh, you know you you, everybody's dead um (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so they, they have that uh, yeah, stuff. I want to try that. Yeah. I want to like feel what it's like to drive drunk because so many people do it that it's like, what um what's the vibe when you get into the car? Like, is there no nothing in you that's like, mm, this is weird. I can't see. Let me pull over. Like, I feel. I, I just kind of want to know. Like, maybe it's maybe it feels fun. Maybe it feels cool <laughs> driving drunk. I would be freaking out the whole time. Yeah. I, well, I guess it depends on also like what kind of drunk you are. Because like, be fair to my drunk self, like I'd probably do it just because <laughs> I just like to laugh when I'm <laughs> drunk and nothing really matters. So I could probably um, get roped into that. But then again, like I'm the type of person that when I'm out drinking, I I seem totally fine when I'm just like sitting down but it's not until I actually get up that it's like whoa wait a minute I am completely off center like I have no clue what's going on I'm like that drunk girl falling into the bushes you know like <laughs> <laughs> mess. Oh, fuck. oh we have found her all right yeah <laughs> I thought I recognized you from TikTok uh, 
Yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah. that. You know what's you know what trend speaking of, you know, trend on TikTok that I really have enjoyed watching lately is if you were being chased by Jason, you know, um no, not Jason, sorry. Michael Myers, if you could like get to the door before he actually got to you and people are like walking like Michael Myers and like giving, you know, their friends or whatever like this head start to like get like have the keys and like open a door. And it's so interesting because like you realize that because of the fear and adrenaline, like this is why idiots in the movies die, even though even though Michael Myers is just walking. That's my favorite TikTok trend lately. Hmm. But also the people who have sex first die first. That's, That's true, but it's worth it. I mean, if you get I, to get off. See, well, <laughs> if I got to go, then I, I'm, I'm Well, in. see, we, we assume it's worth it. But what if, like, you know, after they're like. What if it's mediocre sex? They're like, I've yeah. had better. And then, bam, you're dead. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah that's that compared that to the people who die without having sex, you know what I mean? Like, in the movie, it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> I'd rather. Fair enough. That's fair. You know what I mean? I get, no, I get that. that that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, mediocre, mediocre sex is better than no sex. Especially if you're about to die horribly. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Yeah, if you're about to die horribly, absolutely. Yeah, if because, not, then no. No, get off well, me. Be, because it's like, <laughs> well, like, if you're getting killed, you can be like, hey, it wasn't great, but it's definitely better than this. Better so, than, oh, yeah. so, there's a plus side <laughs> before I die. Now I'm being penetrated. This is terrible. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> oh, gosh. That's yeah. amazing. Oh. Yep. I don't think we're going to survive this one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you, Summer, for uh, filling us in about the uh, Speaker of the House's husband and uh, his, his shenanigans with uh, DUI and, and hurting people. We'll pay attention. And I, actually, I, I can't say that, honestly. I, I, I will I, not yeah, be paying attention like, to him. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's another rich guy not going, being held accountable for yeah. the fucking dumb shit he does. Yeah, fuck that guy. All yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, for my story, there is a woman, uh, Olivia Downs is her name. She's gotten some recent uh, notoriety on TikTok for uh, sharing her story, and her story is this. At the age of 22, she wanted to get a tubal ligation. She has made the choice that she doesn't want to have kids, mm-hmm. right? And so she goes in, she sees her doctor, and her doctor's like, mm, no. Can they do that? Kind of. So, um, <laughs> so the doctor, right, told her to wait for the, to have the procedure done just in case she met Mr. Wright, right? And so that she, you know, then she could procreate and obviously it's not her thing. And she says that from a very young age, uh, she's not wanted kids and knew that she wasn't going to have kids and, um, you know, brings up some good points about adoption and the foster care system. But the, the bigger part of the story is, you know, at 22, she's saying, Hey, cool. Shut down my reproductive system. Right. And so, um, and interesting, like ethical questions that that brings up, you know, can the doctor say that? Um, I was also one of those. I went to get a vasectomy when I was 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I had four kids. And, and I went, do you regret it? Or uh, no. Uh, no. I, do I regret not getting the vasectomy? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm I'm glad I didn't because <laughs> if 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 I would have gotten it, we wouldn't you have heard it here first. Yeah. If if I would have gotten it, we wouldn't have had our daughter Annie, and and so that automatically. Wait a makes, minute. What about the other three? Uh, the other there's five of them. 
Yeah, there are four. <laughs> Jesus right. Well, I had four kids bef- at that age, right? And, well, that was the whole thing. Like, so I go in to see the doctor, and the doctor's like, all right, cool. He's like, I was like, yeah, I'm here for a vasectomy concert. He's like, man, you look kind of young. I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, how many kids do you have? I'm like, I got four. He's like, all right. Oh, I That's see. a okay, lot so you of kids. You had four kids, and you didn't. So you, okay, yeah. I get it. Well, I, I had four I kids. I you were already. saying that, like, you only cared about the fact that you got to have Annie as opposed oh, to the other. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, damn. That is not what I said. <laughs> that would have been bad. That would have been so bad. No. Uh, so I had the four already, and I was like, "Hey, cool. Like, like let's let's shut this shit down." And he's like, "Well, you're." He's like, "How old are you?" And I was, I was like, "24." And he's like, "Jesus Christ, man, get cable! Like, what the fuck get is wrong cable. with you?" And I was like, "And, and get cable!" Yeah. I love that. And, and so he says, "He's like, well, hey, like you know, due to regulation, like I can't touch you until you're 26." I thought I was, it was 25. No, he said 26. He's an army regulation. So was, I oh, can't get one fuck. until I'm 26. I'm like, Doc, I'm going to have 10 fucking kids. <laughs> like, you need to oh. shut this shit down, like, right now. Um, and he wouldn't. We refused to. So, uh, and and off I go. Like, that was it. That's crazy. Um, and, and thankfully so. You know, like, we we had Annie. And, you know, our lives would be uh, very incomplete if she wasn't around. So, mm. so it, I mean, it ended up working out, but, but so there was another instance of, you know, similar to this person where like, Hey, cool. Like I've done my part now. She hasn't had any kids yet. So, uh, but, but can the doctors say that like, and can, I mean, and so, should, for, so you said army regulations, but in this particular instance, is it like for everyone? Like, is that true across the board or is this doctor just making um, a decision based off of like, you know, his own, beliefs or whatever or her well the, yeah the doctor the doctor's a lady um and it kind of sounds like like they were pushing you know um because i guess tubal ligations are harder to reverse mm-hmm. uh so if she changed her mind later on because she was so young it would be more work but uh, but at the same time like uh there's a whole nother my body my choice thing right mm you know so so do well, we yeah. get to I mean, choose so, so wait so did this doctor refuse her completely were, were they like or were they giving her options like hey think you maybe you want to think about this and you know maybe this isn't something that you want to do right now maybe you can revisit it later was it more of like a talk in that way or was it like no absolutely not i'm not going to do this because of whatever reason uh, in her reenactment, Down said, and this is a quote from uh, from the news article itself. Uh, in her consultation reenactment, Down said the doctor repeatedly told her no that she would not do it uh, because the sterilization sterilization procedure is permanent. Instead, she said she was given a brochure about the copper IUD device, which has the same efficacy rate, yet isn't what she asked for. Um, and so she wanted she wanted the whole thing. Uh, and the doctor straight up refused. And the doctor, the doctor allowed to refuse service, like kind of how it is, like a restaurant. Is your doctor allowed to be like, no, with this particular procedure, like I'm not about that, so <laughs> and, I'm not going to do it. Are they allowed to do that? I guess that's my next question. Um, yeah, that's in a way, you know, that's like that seems kind of odd. I mean, because I mean, you're you're paying to get it done you know but at the yeah, same time it's not it's not like plastic surgery though because like with plastic surgery that's that's obvious like cosmetic stuff where this is like but see my thing is like well this is kind of cosmetic too in a sense like that you yeah. don't have to do it i mean see one one way you get a boob job and the other way you have you know have to you know provide for living beings 
But I mean, at 22, I mean, if you... I'm not saying like the effects, but I'm saying like the fact that what makes it cosmetic, quote unquote, is that you don't necessarily have to do it. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know because I feel like, is it is a doctor allowed to say like, no, I don't want to do this particular procedure if it's something cosmetic. Are they allowed to say that? You know what I mean? Uh, yes. Um, well, then just go, to, just go to a different doctor. Yeah, <laughs> so, that, so that that's the thing. Like, they, they're absolutely allowed to say that. And the doctor says, oh, you know, cool, we're not, I'm not I going to do her this. Because, like, if she can't live with it, because there's, like, I feel personally there's a psych component to this type of procedure. Right? Like, maybe something horrible has happened. Maybe your boyfriend just broke up with you or your girlfriend just broke up with you or, like, you've been in some kind of sexual trauma or it could be anything happening or something very simple, like you just don't want to fucking have kids. And um, it's like, I feel like this, because it's so permanent, like exactly what the doctor is saying, like, because it's so permanent, that it, it is an uncomfortable thing to do to somebody that young because you don't know what... That is gonna, like what kind of mental effects it's going to have. Maybe there should be some sort of evaluation beforehand. But also, like if the doctor personally doesn't feel comfortable doing such a thing, you know, I remember watching Married to Medicine for like the first season, which is whatever, very dramatic and like a reality show about doctors. And one of the doctors, like she um, couldn't have children. She was struggling, you know, couldn't have children or whatever. I would see like someone like that not maybe being comfortable doing such a procedure to somebody really young. Um, so I don't know. I think the doctor's allowed to say no because of her own reasons and that person can go to another doctor. If it was more of a case of like, no, like <laughs> I'm just telling you, no, it's not your body and not your choice. Then I feel, I would feel differently about it. Like if the doctor was like kind of, you know, more so like, you don't know what you want. You know what I mean? But in this case, I don't know. I, I feel like it's okay to have said, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, See, you know? the, the people I've met who have said, even at a younger age, that they don't want kids, that doesn't change. I think you wanting children is either a thing you have or you don't. Like I have met, like <laughs> dreamy laugh because it's, well, even the people who have kids that have said that they don't want kids, like still don't want kids. Well, like don't <laughs> get me they have them. Don't get me wrong. There are some days where my kids do some stuff that absolutely make me go. I'm so glad I had kids because this I wouldn't have had to. Or I didn't. I wouldn't have had a chance to experience this moment if I didn't have kids. Yeah, but then. Like, 20 minutes later, they do something else, and then I ask myself, why the fuck did I have children? And they're right back to being shitheads. I know, right? Yeah. So, like, so some people who decide younger, hey, I don't want kids, and if they want to make that forever change to their body so they can't, you know, whatever. Like, and like this person has said, you know, if that changes, there's adoption. There are plenty of kids whose parents who didn't asked themselves that question who shot out a baby and said okay see you later kid i want nothing to do with you and it's like you know they they need homes too and it's i mean but then how far can this go like what if i say i i want to cut off my arm and if i change my mind later we can always just like get a (laughs) aesthetic arm but but why would you cut your arm off i mean (laughs) well because i decided right now for this moment like i don't want an arm i feel like my one arm is sufficient 
and it's my body and it's my choice. Like, how far does this go? I know I'm making like a wild comparison, <laughs> fully aware of that, but I also feel like, I don't know, technically you could really say that with anything and it does, I could see the psychology behind like, look, like you, with the kid thing, it's such a flip floppy thing. It really is. It's like, you know, people say that they don't want to get married. Understandable. And a lot of people never do. And some people, I mean, you meet the right person and you do. I don't know. Like if you had, if you, if you made that choice permanent, you would be closed off to a whole lot of things. And, and I think even, I don't know. It's just like, it is a very, very heavy, heavy decision to make at a young age. And even if you mean it, you know, the option to wait a little bit longer before you make it fully permanent. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Um, if you want to find a doctor that will do it, I mean, sure. But like, I don't know. I don't know if this doctor is wrong, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And, and she, she garnered a whole lot of support um, from other people who had similar, uh, similar things uh, happen to them. Like they, you know, they were told that, you know, they're, they're too young to get one or they're, you know, whatever the, the thing is. Um, and, and so again, I, I think the doctors get to choose what procedures they will do and what they won't. And they get to, they get to set that up because it's at the end of the day, it's their practice. Um, they, it is their practice. And, I mean, as, as long as it's not like life-saving stuff, you know, I think, yeah, I think they should be able to choose because maybe you don't want to do everything. I don't know. Like the doctors are people too. Um, I like to watch Dr. Mike on YouTube. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. No. Okay. Well, like if you look him up, he's like supposedly like a super attractive doctor. That's why he's like super famous on YouTube. Um, but it makes me realize that like, yeah, like doc, like between him and like Grey's Anatomy, it makes me realize that, yeah, like doctors are hundred thousand percent people too. <laughs> I didn't think that before, but I put them on this <laughs> pedestal, like, you know, of these sort of superhuman characters, but yeah, they're human too. And like, I, just because you studied and went to medical school um, and you have your practice doesn't mean you have to do every single procedure that comes across, you know, Mm. I would, if I were her, honestly, truly, I would rather have a doctor that was backing me a hundred percent that, you know, wanted to do this procedure rather than like, imagine doing such a thing and like being with a doctor who didn't want to do this to you, like didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want that doctor operating on me for this procedure. I'd right. rather know that's up fair. front. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you don't want to do this. That's okay. I, yeah, I'll just go to someone who I will feel comfortable with who does want to do this procedure. It's like, you no. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting thoughts there. Uh, and questions with, uh, like how, how that all plays out and, and how, like who's who gets to choose and and how they get to choose and you know uh, um, play devil's advocate I will say like <laughs> you no <laughs> stop it I will say that you know what like it is it is her choice too and like you know doctors get paid a lot of money and so you might have to do stuff you don't want to do get over it. You know maybe the doctor should have just That's done fair. it and you know what if the girl changed her mind who cares. Um, whatever yeah you know, like why do you care so much i mean you're a doctor but like teachers are teachers and they don't give a shit i remember my teacher saying that they don't even like kids oh, so you know, um <laughs> i guess yeah like yeah she should have she should have just done it 
Yeah. Why why so, garner all this extra like news and you know these bad feelings that this patient has been left with or potential patient has been left with? Just fucking do the procedure and get over it. Get off your high horse, doctor. Down. <laughs> Room's spinning real bad from from all the flip flops. I know. Right? <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck! She, she took up arguments on both sides and, and, and argued both sides super hard. Dance changing all the time, you know. But devil's advocate, people shouldn't get food. You know. <laughs> fuck them. They can starve. Yeah. Make a fucking star. I'm gonna shit in you all know? the baby formula. Oh, <laughs> formula again. Oh, oh my gosh! All right, Josh, wrap this all thing right. up. What are we doing? Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, an individual attempted to throw a pastry at the Mona Lisa, but because oh, of I love that. Oh, I love that story. But because of uh, some past instances, they have uh, protective glass around it now. So. Uh, all this person did was able to smear some uh, cake and cream across this uh, bit of glass before this man, disguised as a uh, woman in a wheelchair, <laughs> was escorted out. Uh, apparently, the reason he did it was because um, we're not taking proper care of the earth. So let's mess up a 500-year-old painting. But, I mean, whatever. So I'm going to take a pastry... And smash it over a painting mm-hmm. because we're not taking care of the. I'm I, I'm getting yeah. that right. Yes. So uh, hang on. So uh, to quote, as uh, this person was removed from the gallery, uh, it was quote saying, uh, "Think of the earth. There are people who are destroying the earth. Think about it. Artists tell you, think of the earth. That's why I did this." End quote. Apparently he's uh, being held for uh, psych evaluation, which is fair. So, um, but yeah, but uh, the Mona Lisa is uh, is uh, protected and safe. They had to clean off the glass and uh, kind of you know go about their day. But my thing is, why go to that extreme to dress yourself up to just obviously get caught? It's like, why didn't you just go in there as yourself? What, did you not think they were going to find out you're a man? Well, maybe, like, that was the only way to get the pastries in. Maybe it had him, like, in the wheelchair. Because, they, you know, they they felt bad about, you know, somebody with a disability, so they weren't going to search him. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. But, <laughs> but see, I had seen this, because this was uh, a few weeks ago now that this happened. And the first time I saw it, when I first saw, like, some headlines, I legit thought, like, it was on the painting itself. And I, I freaked out a little bit because it's like whatever, like they have to touch up old paintings. When does it stop being that old painting yeah. and just uh, a, a copy? When does a restoration project become something new? Yes. Instead of it, you know, yeah. being the original. So, so I was, I was freaked out a little bit. Also, you know, Mona Lisa, it's a painting I've always wanted to actually see in person. I hear it's fucking tiny. Yeah, it's a lot smaller than what everybody thinks it is. Yeah, um, but it's just so the painting is safe. It is uh, the glass on it has uh, been effectively cleaned, cleaned. and uh, yeah, I, I so I was in the the museum, the art museum in Boston, and I got really close to a Monet. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that there were like silent sensors. 
like on the floor. And next thing I know, this very angry, very short, uh, very strong looking woman comes out from around a corner I didn't even know existed. (laughs) And she is on me quick. Like, you need to back up right now. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what did I do? And she's like, you're setting off every alarm in this building right now. And I'm like. I didn't hear a thing. She's like, that's the point. Yeah. She was so pissed like, like that. I had crossed the threshold and it was like yeah. getting close to the Monet. And I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like my bad. And then I look and see, and you can see like, there's, there's lines on the floor like where the sensors are. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, there you. it is. So yeah, I, I stayed back uh, from the, the bars after that, yeah. but after she, she scolded me properly. No. Um, yeah. There, there is a weird etiquette. Uh, especially with like uh, galleries that ha- that house older stuff, unless they're behind glass and stuff like that. But even some that are behind glass still have a huge barrier around them, and it's like because we want to keep it a little bit more safe. And it's like, you know, but at the same time, I don't understand what anybody gains trying to destroy a piece of, you know, historic artwork. Like what? What are you what, proving? Yeah, what's your point? It's like okay, so. We're destroying the earth, and you're going to prove a point by dis- trying to destroy this painting that we're destroying the earth. Is it like symbolic of what we're doing and what you're trying? And it's and no, it's like no offense, but everything you're trying to do is is no, it doesn't work. Yeah, you lost yeah. lost the incentive. Like it, like protests, I get you know, and, and had he smeared like yeah. or like splashed it with like uh, like fake blood or something oh Oh. Uh oh summer's gone we lost summer she gone so (laughs) i thought she was a little quiet i don't know i know she hadn't said anything in a minute um so if she comes back we'll add her yeah so this seems like a safe spot to move on shall we segue into a bartender (laughs) we shall so summer we love you (laughs) we love you so much Come back and join us for Last Call, please. This has been the News Desk. All right, so we had some technical difficulties there with uh, our dear friend Summer. She... uh, she had uh, she didn't get to interject on that last story because her audio just kind of took a poop and stopped working. So she's going to join us though for last call. So for those of you in the stream, hang on, uh, stay with us, and uh, she'll be back to to talk uh, her wonderful shenanigans, which were wonderful. So, yes. uh, so now we are at uh, my favorite part of the show, which is hey bartender. This is where we drink and we talk about things. I like drinking and talking about things. Uh, so we pulled in another tavern faithful uh, friend of ours who uh, also likes to drink and talk about things. You are very familiar with him if you've listened to the show for even just a little bit. Uh, our dear friend Chance Whitmore from the Strive Seek Find podcast is joining us for Hey Bartender to talk about the whiskey we are enjoying for season two's finale episode. Hi, Chance. How are you, brother? Hey. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Always. Always a pleasure to have you in the tavern. Always. Uh, it's always enjoyable. Now, we, we have been told uh, that we need to keep you uh, uh, on a limit this time because <laughs> apparently you got a little loose after the last one. 
I will neither confirm nor deny that I went way off the chain last time. <laughs> I edited the episode. I can confirm all of that. <laughs> I wasn't even there. And I, I can't confirm, in fact, that, uh, that chance went from zero to midnight in about 40 minutes. And that it was an adventure. Uh, it was magic. <laughs> oh, it was. Uh-oh. No, uh, no, it was a good time. Yeah, I mean that's literally what we do here. Oh, so yeah. it's uh yeah, I know you you are amongst friends as the the fellows over at the scuttlebutt would tell you. Uh so Chance, why don't you lead us off, man? What are you what are you sipping tonight? I have the Templeton Rye four year. I just found this bottle uh earlier this week was the first time I'd ever seen it. So I picked it up and uh for pr- the price point I got it at, which was I believe under thirty dollars. Mm. It's an incredible one that's going to stay on my shelf for a good long time. Nice. What was that? Uh, what was that Irish that we had at um, at your place? Uh, it was the Middleton. The Middleton. Very rare, okay. Yeah, the very rare. Okay. Twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the Templeton is it, it's been around for a while. Um, they just did a big rebrand, uh, changed their bottles. They added a I think they've got a six year now as well a, and a yeah. te- and a 10 year. So I think they've got the, the 10 year is the, the, the fancy one. That's the, the price points really high. But like um, they've got a, the four year and the six year are the ones that are on the shelves. They kind of did that at the same time that Turkey redid their bottles as well. Right along that where and and the Templeton bottle, if correct me if I'm wrong, chance it's got like it's got like raised rye on it. It's yep, you got the raised rye. It's got the the Templeton logo raised, made in the USA. Not the rye itself, but the tent branding name is raised on the bottle. That's a pretty bottle. It is. Yeah. And I'm a I'm a sucker for a pretty bottle. You're a sucker for a lot of things. That's that's my life, man. <laughs> It's a for for a rye. It's not. I I don't have a lot of experience with rye, admittedly. But I always think of them as you get them; they're going to be hot, a little hotter than a lot of your bourbons. Spicy, yeah, yeah. And this one is there's a a hint of spice. It's just so smooth. I don't know what to do make of it other than I better take another sip. <laughs> well, you, I I mean that the logic behind that is is absolutely solid like it's that, it's perfect that, that's pretty sound so with those i uh i i don't i don't know if templeton's making their own or if they're still an mgp but they uh generally they're when you get rise like that it's because they have the like the minimum rye content uh so those those really high rye you know rye whiskeys that sit in that like 80 to 90% rye those are the ones that mm-hmm. just like they fucking punch you right in the mouth i love them um but the ones that sit at that like 51 percent, 50 you know between 51 and 60 percent rye and then the rest is corn like that you get that grassy feel to it um so you can tell you're drinking a rye but you also get that that thick gooey like like sweetness from the corn uh and it kind of plays into uh, it kind of mellows it out, so you're you're you get that nice, smooth, uh, a much more round and not edgy or sharp feeling uh, that you would from from a uh, you know like a, a just a straight rye whiskey that's uh, that's higher in the percentage. And I think this is yeah. When you compare this with the uh, old Overholt, which is the is my actual favorite rye, they're 
they don't even belong on the same planet as far as flavor profiles, but they're both an enjoyable zipper sitting by the fire or sit in front of the camera podcasting. <laughs> you said that's the Templeton four year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's when I looked at it online, it said locally sourced and imported grains, I believe. Okay. Hmm. Trying to pull them up on, I don't want to buy it. I just want to read about it. <laughs> it's uh Oh, so it's, it's a 95%. Yeah. It's a 95% rye. 5% barley. So that's a that's a high rye freaking and it's only 80 proof. Huh. Man, they must water the shit out of that. Cuz if it's as round and smooth as you're saying, man, that's got to be I I would like to try that at freaking cast strength. That would probably be that probably be some hey how you doing? <laughs> Love a good cast strength. Mm-hmm. All right, so it was it was originally sourced from MGP. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, so that's one that I I have not had. So I will uh, I will definitely pick that up and and give it a go. Now that I know that it's uh, it's got your stamp of approval, your your taste in whiskey has never steered me wrong. Other than the one thing we probably shouldn't mention right now. Uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. We, we, we killed that in season one. Like, it's dead now. No, we still talk about it. I, I removed it from my bar altogether. Like, I actually I, I left it with my buddy when I, I left Boston. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, it's hey. still sitting on my shelf as a reminder of my shame. You got to stop beating yourself up about that, buddy. We all, we all make mistakes, man, in the whiskey world. It happens. It happens. Uh, oh, so tonight, Josh and I are sipping on a couple of different things. Uh, we busted out the uh, uh, Mitchell and Son Yellow Spot Single Pot Still Whiskey. It's 12 years old. Uh, it is finished in three different casks, a bourbon, a sherry, and a uh, Malaga. Uh, non-chill filter. It comes out of the Middleton Distillery. Uh, where most Irish, well, not most, but a very large number of Irish whiskeys come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find this pretty pretty easily. The yellow spot and the green spot are pretty easy to find. But they're pricey. Mm, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, okay, uh, they're pricey for me. Yes. <laughs> they're pricey for me. True. Uh, and then the uh, the reds, the, the blue spot is their, their cast strength, which... Uh, I have yet to have. I, I did have the red spot, which I think the red spot's the 15 year, and that was fucking phenomenal. That was just great Irish whiskey. I've had the green and the yellow. I have not seen the other two, and my local uh, stores don't even sell the yellow or the green. You have to go looking for it, oh, sometimes wow. out of state. Oh, dang. The. The other one we're sipping on is uh, is one we've had before and we've mentioned before. Our friends over at Mammoth Distilling. This is their uh, Northern Rye, age nine years. It's uh, ninety nine proof. I always forget how fucking good this is, I, right? Because my my bottle's been gone for a while, and I keep telling myself to buy another one. 
Um, the, I have their, uh, their straight bourbon on my bar right now. And that was only because I found it in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I was like, oh my God, it's fucking Merrimack. I was like, yes, I have to grab it. So I, I grabbed it and brought it home. But my, my store that I usually go to, um, they haven't had any mammoth for a while. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly, they should be getting more soon. And it's the, the nine and the 12 year in the rye that they're getting. Yeah. I make it one of each. The borrowed time, the twelve year is really good. Yeah. Oh um, my god. So the nine years also the borrowed time. Um, but the, what's cool about them is with Mammoth is that they have just taken up. There's an island off the the coast of northern Michigan. Um, is it South Manitou? I, it doesn't matter. Um, there's a large island uh, off the coast of Michigan in, in Lake Michigan uh, that they have secured a big plot of land and they're growing. Uh, Rosen Rye, which is kind mm. of like a hearty northern rye for their whiskey specifically. So they're nice. growing uh, a heritage grain to for the sole purpose of distillation for their own product, which is cool. Like I and yeah. I'm hoping it's I, I'm hoping they they bring it in in increments, mm-hmm. right? They don't just sit on it for ten years and then like ten years from now they launch it. Like I'm kind of hoping that they. They play with the two-year version. They play with the four-year version. Mm-hmm. And, like, as as this grows and becomes a thing or as it matures down the road, we get to we get to play with it each time. Like, they, they kick it out because, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm super interested to see, like, what kind of rye northern Michigan can produce and how. Well, if Mammoth listens to the podcast, uh, they should just sponsor us by now, and then we could have all the inside scoop with all that shit. But... They're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. But, yeah. It, and the thing is, like, I am I am not a, especially when it comes to, like, whiskey, I am not, like, a brand snob by any means. Like, I have, um, shit, what was it? When I first started drinking whiskey, there was uh, a $14 bottle called Two Gingers. I still think that tastes decent. And it's 14 bucks. I mean, I'm pretty cheap. That's that's cheap whiskey, that's cheap. <laughs> and and of course, when I, I've had it side by side with an expensive whiskey, it's not very good. <laughs> so so like I'm definitely getting that, but at the same time, it's it's not bad. I love Mammoth whiskey, yeah, all the time, and I had the absolute pleasure of going to their uh, Traverse City uh, tasting room. Yep. If anybody's in the Traverse City area or you're visiting the Traverse City area. Go to their tasting room. Our servers were amazing. The alcohol was amazing. The environment was like it. We uh, so my wife and I were there for a long weekend. We went there twice. Everywhere else, we only went once, but there we went twice because it was unbelievable. Um, Mammoth has snuck into my heart, and it and it just hangs out there. Well, they need to sneak into the show and no fucking joke. Throw us some bottles. I mean, we how much we, we mentioned them. them quite a bit. <laughs> I, I think we got every every episode in season one. I think we got their name in there every single episode, and we started season two real strong with uh, with dropping them for for almost everything. So for sure, for sure. But yeah, no this uh, this ride is so good. I love their shit. I love all of their shit. It's ridiculous. They really just fucking hit it out of the park. 
Oh, well, Josh sits over here and drools over I, a brand. I, well, okay, uh, no, but okay, hear me out, though. Talk to us about your booze. <laughs> this is so fucking amazing. <laughs> Look at that. I, I think I need to make a road trip, apparently. Sounds like I need to get some mammoth because y- yep. I'm not going to find yep. it here. Yeah, hell I, I yeah. I will tell you as I sip this very fine whiskey that uh, I have a distillery visit planned for next week when I'm out of town for uh, 4th of July and doing a tour at uh, Grand Teton Distillery over in uh, Driggs, Idaho. Have you, had any their, have you had any of their stuff before? I've had uh, their uh, Coulter's Run and their Canamount whiskeys. Uh, I'm trying to remember the age statements on them. Can't think of them. They're, they're probably as far as Idaho whiskey. There's not a lot of it, <laughs> but it's the only two I would buy a second bottle of. I've enjoyed them. Uh, there's a local one here that shall remain nameless that I, I, I bought a bottle and then I uh, promptly gave it to a friend to throw in an aging barrel so that I wouldn't have to see it again. Oh, I have those bottles so. too. <laughs> they sit there and they're so lonely, oh. but they're so awful. Ugh. They're, oh, you don't know what whiskey tastes like? You're pouring Coke in it? Here you go. Yep. Yep. That's that's the that's the purpose of those bottles. Yep. Yep. Uh I have a bottle of I think it's the Nova, the Starward, uh the Australian whiskey that Lisa was talking oh, about. Oh dude, she loves that shit. So so the or is it the twofold? I forget. I get a melman I get it mixed up every time. I haven't tried the one yet because I got the better one. Mm-hmm. Uh, after her recommendation recommendation, I got the first one uh that I found on the shelf and I brought it home and I tried it and I'm like, oh geez, I have to bury this. This has to be buried in something. So we had it, I think. I haven't had it. No, I think you did when you were at the house for the retirement ceremony. I don't think so. No, we were- I was super picky about what I was drinking because I didn't want to be hung over when we were tromping through downtown Boston. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? It wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> um So okay, so what what about it? was not good uh so it's it it tasted dirty okay so it and and a lot of single malts have that tendency and there's a lot of scotches that taste dirty Mm -hmm. um and it's just it's just how it's made um and and when i say dirty i'm talking for like anybody who's a whiskey snob you know uh, the earth tones, right? When I, that's what I mean. Like it's, it yeah. tastes earthy. It tastes grassy. It tastes, you know, and it's not like a sweet grass like rye is. It's, mm-hmm. it's like if you just went out in the backyard, pulled a couple things, put them in your mouth, started chewing on them. Like, like it, that's what it tastes like. You know what I mean? It's like dirt and freaking grass. Like, uh, and, and, and right, there's, it sounds like you're insulting scotch right now. And I know you don't do that. So I, I love scotch. Uh, I love, well, uh, there, I there's a lot of scotches that I do love and there's a lot of scotches that I don't. Uh, and the ones that I don't taste like, taste like that. They taste like that dirt, that, that dirty, just nastiness. And, um, and that was what it was, you know, cause I always try it neat first just to get like what the character of the actual whiskey is. And man, it was fucking awful. It was just so as a quick point of order, uh, for those in podcast land compared to those in streamland, those in podcast land who hear this name Hermes. Oh, that son of a bitch show up? That son of a bitch is in the chat. <gasps> oh, shit. I'm so fucking excited. Now, it would only be a true party if Joe showed up, but 
I know him personally, and he he's he's got some fucking crazy shit going on. So, so I, I'm not surprised he's not. But the fact that Hermes decided to show up and hang out for a little bit, Hermes, welcome, brother. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out. Just finished. Oh man, so he's recording tonight too. Outstanding. But so uh, sorry. I, I I feel like it was important to to bring that up. All right. So I just sorry. so that whole blurb you say every time, like yeah, we don't interact with the chat at all. You just, just yeah, but see the podcast didn't fuck all the way off. The podcast didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, they're going to. Well, now they are. I'm not editing anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect timing. Uh, another another little dram of that mammoth right now. Oh fuck yeah, I am. Ugh, work's gonna suck tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, so so back to like the the earthy thing with scotch, you know, um, and and the scotches that I don't like taste like that, and that it was very strong, and uh, it it obviously from Australia comes from a very hot environment, so it doesn't have that cooling downtime. Uh, how it interacts with the barrel, you know, um, it, so and that that has an effect. Like Texas whiskeys are the same, you know, they're just they're just hot all the time, so uh, they they kind of get they get a little funky. Uh, some so okay. Can you, can you give us an example of what you mean? What a scotch that you compare to that Australian as far as the earthiness? Because I'm trying to imagine it. I'm trying. I, I keep thinking of my brain goes to different really good scotches, and I'm not thinking about it. So give me an example of a scotch that you might match it that is similar to this as far as the earthiness. Uh, Lismore, and not the pretty Lismore. The like twenty dollar bottle of Lismore Scotch. Lismore, L I S M O R E, and that's one I haven't seen, so I'll have to go looking. <laughs> yeah, Grainstone is another one. Uh, like the Grainstone, their their single malt uh, is is also just it's in that same realm where it just tastes like dirt and grass. That was uh that was my experience with um. Grand Travers whiskey. Uh, went there, did a couple of flights. I think there was only one out of, I think we tasted probably eight or nine different whiskeys. And there was only one of them that I told myself that I can drink this by itself. I'm not going to like it, but I can. The rest of them, straight up dirt. Yeah. Well, so the one thing about Grand Traverse is that they like they're a very grain forward whiskey, um, a lot like Kings County. Now, Kings County figured out how to make that like a thing and play. Chance, have you ever tried Kings County? I haven't. Yeah, it's it's really quite phenomenal. Uh, And it's they do the grain forward thing very well. I felt like Grand Traverse didn't. So mm. instead of instead of like the grain being like the the upfront like hey how you doing it was the floor of the grain mill that you were tasting not the grain itself you know what I mean like yeah like the, so you were licking the dirt at the, and and the the leftovers after the uh, good stuff was cleaned out in the feed mill yeah. yeah yeah which which was unfortunate because I was really excited to try it because I had seen their bottles and at a number of the stores that I get my whiskey at and. I was like, sweet, I'm I'm in Traverse City. Why not? And it just I'm I went away feeling disappointed. And I think I ended up buying like 
some mead from them. I didn't even buy whiskey. It just because it it just it just put me in that spot. I'm like, I don't want any of this, which was unfortunate because like with the menu they have, we we picked a varied selection. And chances are a lot of the stuff that was like the next one or the lower one, it wasn't going to be much different. And I was, I was bummed by that a lot. Gotcha. Yeah. I tried their stuff. Uh, there's a, a whiskey bar, not too far from here, actually. Um, I, I forget what it's called. There is. There is. Um, <laughs> Fuck, I live here. <laughs> kind of, it's well, it's between here and battle Creek. And, uh, oh. I, yeah, I get, I forget what the name is. Uh, but they had the lineup there, and I, I tried the lineup, and that was the first. It was like, it was like, oh yeah, this is super green forward, but it's like dirty green. It's not, yeah. it's not pretty. It's not great. No, it's not for me. Mm. Is that the they, the PC the way to say it? Yeah, that's, that's the influencer <laughs> talk. Oh, it's not terrible. It's, not it's just, me. it's just not for me. No, it fucking sucks. Exactly. There you go. Be honest. We'll respect you more, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. If it's shit whiskey, let everybody know it's shit whiskey so we don't waste our money on it. This, on but, yeah, hand, but I'm still going to really try it, though. Whiskey. Even if like, even if you say it's shit whiskey, I'm still, if I haven't had it, I'm going to give it a go. Just see if, you know, maybe, like, you know, your taste buds were a little off that day or mine are off and it tastes good, you know, and mm-hmm. just just give it a try. Well, Especially I had... If it's free and somebody else is pouring it yeah i had a uh recent experience because i have a single bottle of blanton's and i mean it's it's not bad whiskey i've had worse whiskey but at the same time like there was one day i poured it out and i you know took a sip on it and i'm like this is really good today and then i'm like wait a second what did i eat and so i started questioning everything and i'm yeah. like and i couldn't figure it out but i'm like no, no, so I went to a bottle that I know is good. I'm like, man, this is really good. I'm like, okay, so, and for, I couldn't figure out. But, of course, like two days later, I had another thing in the blends, and it was okay. Yeah. I mean, it didn't rock my socks. I, I still have never found a bottle of that. Oh, I didn't invite it. Uh, Ian got it for me, and and I still have yet to see it anywhere, ever. Because I got, I got lucky, yeah. Yeah, in Idaho, rare bottles are filtered out to the different stores, and they had problems. And now that people are whiskey collectors instead of whiskey drinkers, they had problems with people trying to. They tell you where they were going, and they still will on some of their rare releases. But if it was something really small, they would have people trying to cl- climb into the trucks and battering the uh, the employees to try to get these bottles of whiskey Jesus. for the collections. No. So uh, they've kind of backed way off on what they tell you. And so finding those rare bottles has gotten hit and miss. And, mm. and, and most of the time I admittedly, they're beyond my price point. So I'm not even looking at them. I just kind of looking at that would be nice. No, I'm not having it. Right. <laughs> and, and now you're, what you're starting to see too is with those bottles is that, folks are going to the raffle bullshit. You know what I mean? So they're taking all of their allocation, they're taking all of their allocated bottles and they're putting them like behind a raffle. Now you got to buy raffle tickets for a chance to buy the bottle. Now, usually when you buy the bottle, it's at retail. Mm-hmm. So you're not paying the freaking secondary markup, which is great. But, um, you know what I mean? Like I, I want to be able to walk into a store 
And and Texas has been one of those few places where I've been lucky enough to walk into the store, and it's there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, cool. Like it's a not like cheap, yeah. but it's also not secondary. So I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll take one of those. Actually, I'll take two which of those. Is, right. Which is how I got my uh, my bottle of Pappy Pappy Twelve was one of those Idaho State only has a small allocation of Pappy. You put in for the allocation, and you have the right to buy the bottle. And I, we've been trying for years, my buddies and I, and I finally got one uh, last year. And it was a great bottle. Enjoyed the heck out of it. I doubt I'll ever win the lotto again to get another one. Um, I have a uh, uh, bourbon club I'm in on Facebook, and uh, – uh, one of the guys and it happened to post because he, I guess, was traveling through Ohio. It happened to be in Columbus. And the picture he took was it was two different bottles of Weller next to a stack of Buffalo Trace. And this was pretty decent amount of bull, of all three. And so I just, because I got a buddy who lives in Columbus, I was like, hey, I'm like, where are you at? I mean, like, what what store is that? Because you know, I may I know somebody in the area who may want to get at that, and they told me. So I hit my buddy up. I'm like, hey, um, posted a picture of Weller recent, like within the past like twenty minutes. Uh, it's in this area. He's like, oh shit. He's like, I'm close to there. I'm like, dude, how about it? <laughs> and so he hit me up a little. He's like, yeah, I went out and I got some. I was like, there you go. And but see, the thing is, like, Weller, Blanton's. Um, there's a couple of the other ones you always see the crotch pictures of. I never see anywhere. And I've gone to some obscure places and they're other like, um, shit. What was that little corner place that we went to? They oh, had, where the Eagle rare was $70. Yeah. yeah. The fuck out of here. No. Well, shit. A standard bottle of Buffalo trace was like 50 bucks. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no thanks. It's like, cause that's, yeah, it's good. It ain't that good, but it, I mean, it's good. And it's just, I can't believe it. And, but then my thing is like, I look now behind the counters and stuff like that. And at least the stores that I go to, I never see any of that stuff. Well, cause a lot of times they don't freaking display them, you know? And, well, then how and do they that's, sell them? That's another thing. Well, because they have locals and they have regulars. I'm regular. So I, <laughs> yes. Right, but they have they, they they have their list of people that they call when they get that in, and yeah, every yeah. store's got that. And every, you know, again, kind of like the whole doctor thing that we were talking about earlier with summer. You know, uh, a store owner gets to choose. You know, they get to say, uh, you know, hey, um, you know, I'm gonna get this in, and I'm gonna sell it to these people and whatnot, and blah blah blah. So, so yeah, so there's like, hey, there's that, and that that part of it sucks. You know, I, I miss the days where and. Blanton's used to be on the shelf all the time, all the time. You could find it like where in a bunch of different locations, and it used to sit right around forty-five to fifty bucks. So when when did that start getting a collector's item? Well, Bourbon started blowing up. I think it was two thousand seven. Just yeah. because, or yeah. like what was like what was going on that just caused it to just fucking take off? Hipster started drinking it. Fucking hipsters. Yep. And fucking weirdos in their beards and... Skinny jeans and flannel. Skinny jeans and flannel. They're fucking vegetarian <laughs> granola. Non-animal byproduct bullshit. 
you know, like Hermes. We're so good at kids. We're so good at kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, uh, so no, it, it kind of blew up, and uh, Blanton's was one of the reasons it blew up, and that's uh, Blanton's is one of the you know Albert Blanton was one of the ones that saved bourbon, you know, as we know it, mm-hmm. because of the single barrel program. Like he started mm-hmm. that whole thing. He knew the hot spots. He knew the good places in, in his warehouses that made the whiskey. And uh, or that that aged the whiskey better than others, and so he started going and pulling those barrels and pouring them individually, and that that started the whole single barrel thing. And now it's insane. Now everybody's doing store picks and single barrels of whatever, and they all fucking taste the same. See, even that, like, I don't see store picks, and and it might be. I actually no, I have I have one store pick. Fuck uh, a duck. I have one store pick. Um. And that was the uh, the one that fried my mouth, and oh, yeah. and I the, thought I was having a reaction. The local stuff. I'm like, fuck, I'm dying. <laughs> you know, it is. But again, that was young in my my whiskey tasting. But it just <sighs> fuck. And like, I get, I get wanting to have something that is hard to get. Like that's cool. Like that is cool. Like um, I have uh. The the deep pour or the deep uh, dip yeah. maker's mark, and I want to open it because I want to drink it because I hate the fact that I have a bottle of whiskey and I've had it for a while now that I haven't opened yet, and it bugs me. But it, a part of me is like, I really don't. But then I saw one in the wild, yeah. and I'm still fucking kicking myself for not having picked it up because like my wife in there uh fuck, my wife and i were buying stuff and i'm like oh i'm like dude i'm like look at this and I'm, I'm like but it's a deep one where the wax comes down on the bottle and she's like i don't fucking care about that i'm like but i do <laughs> she was like but we're here to get something else i'm like but but it's the only one <laughs> but it's a deep dip oh my god i was uh it's so i sadly put it back and i was like I technically already have one, so I don't need another one. But you gotta, ultimately, it, shouldn't this stuff be about? And I shouldn't look down on people for enjoying product a different way. But people that want to, I love having a nice supply on my in my whiskey cabinet. I do, but every bottle's opened and has been sampled because it's there to try and taste and enjoy and share experiential with friends. You mm-hmm. sit there and you drink it together, compare notes, you relax. It's it's a social activity. So once you hit a certain price point, that doesn't become reasonable, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the, the the idea of collecting, if I if I had thirty thousand dollars for some of these bottles you see floating out there in the secondary market that th- thinks think they're worth that. I can't imagine anything being worth $30,000 that I'm going to promptly drink. But ultimately, that's what the product's about, isn't it? I mean, it's supposed to be an experience that you enjoy together, not this. uh, I've heard people, there's people out there talking about it as an investment. So they buy and sit on these bottles. If I want, I want that dang Pappy 12 sitting on my shelf and I'm enjoying it with my friends rather than you sitting on it for another four or five years and trying to then sell it to, to me who won't pay the price for 10 times the markup. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, 
Like, I think I definitely get caught up in the the coolness of it. Um, because I've I've had a couple of different makers mark and and I mean they're good. It's not bad whiskey. Like, so part of me definitely wonders what's in that bottle, like how that tastes. But then I'm definitely one to enjoy an aesthetic, like a aesthetic of it. Mm. So once you take that little seal off, there's a little gap between the cap and where the rest of the wax is, and that kind of ruins it. it does. And it's it really like. Does. Fuck it. It's like, I don't want to ruin it. But at the same time, it's like, I really want to taste what's in that bottle. And it's, but, I can't bring myself to do it. Don't you have a, uh, de- a whiskey decanter that looks like a stormtrooper? I do, but I have to pour out what's in it. And I'm, I'm telling myself I should try what's in it because I haven't had it for a while. I'm hoping it tastes better. Now, I'm going to say won't. that I still have not found one of those, but it's coming. Oh, Amazon. Easy peasy. Fair enough. But no, it's, uh, yeah, it's like I definitely get the the appeal to super allocated stuff and not wanting to open it and have it be something pretty because that's what my maker's mark is. I think that's the only whiskey on my shelf I, it that isn't open. Yeah, because I don't want to ruin the wax. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, sure they're pretty, sure they're like they're cool, and some of them, some of the whiskey's really good, but some of it is is not that much, and it, it's it's hyped. Mm-hmm. And what bothers me more too, well, it bothers me in addition to, um, is the pricing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to a, a retail store and it's selling secondary prices on on stuff that is like. Jesus Christ, like, I understand it took a lot for you to get it because they've got to buy, like, 20 cases of Wheatley Vodka to get one freaking bottle of, you know, well, they're full, you know, and right. and, and that sucks for them. Um, uh, but at the same time, like, you're you're marking that bottle up, you know, it, the MSRP on, on a lot of the Wellers sits between $30 and $50, mm-hmm. the MSRP. Now, you're not going to find a bottle of Weller 12 outside of Texas for less than $100. Like you, you're not. What's up, Chance? I apparently, I, I, I swear, I there, I, I didn't buy it, so I have to go back to the liquor store. But I swear, I saw about three bottles of Weller's sitting at our my local, uh, local liquor store for about thirty to fifty bucks a pop. Green Label. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So that and special reserve, and that would be you know Ohio is another one where you can find. The, the Weller Special Reserve for, for retail, usually. What, what's the red uh, That's the Weller's. 107. It's the antique. Okay. That's the best one, I think. Well, I, it's 12 is, my, is one of my favorite whiskeys of all time, but, like, the 107 is just good. It's Isn't good. there a 1910 edition of some sort? Is that Weller's, or am I thinking of somebody else? I think you're thinking of somebody else. Nineteen ten. Now I'm having to look it up. Yeah, so nineteen ten. There's a uh, uh, there's a distillery in New York near Syracuse that makes the nineteen ten bourbon. I forget what their name is. I 
And I think I've seen the red label in the liquor store a time or two. Yeah, you'll you'll see that. You'll you don't see the black label, which is the twelve year. Uh, you very rarely see, even rarely more so, you see the blue label, which is the full. They do have a single barrel, which is the orange label. I've seen that on the shelf one time uh, at a shop in Arizona, and it was like you're talking eight, the, eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars for a forty dollar bottle of booze. You're talking the Wellers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I I I haven't seen any Wellers. I've never seen Wellers on the shelf. And I don't know if it's just because they buy it so fucking crazy up here. It's just... Oh, I'm sure. I never see it, ever. And people know the distribution like, cycles, and they know the days. Yeah. So when when it's you know Tuesdays and Thursdays, or whatever distributor carries that mm-hmm. particular line, they go down to the store and they just wait. Yeah, well, like, we have... Uh, there's a big chain grocery store down the street from us where... There's a particular day where somebody in this uh, group that I'm in posted it was a bottle of Blanton's and Weller that they got. And it's like, I go to that store all the time. How is it I fucking never see it there? And it's like, but at the same time, I look at the date where, like, their time and date where they posted it. It's usually Tuesday, and it's about 5 a.m. Yeah. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, I I enjoy whiskey. I'm not about to get up at 5 a.m. to go get whiskey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've done it. No, I just, I can't justify that. It, the, uh, I was incorrect on as far as which one what it was. The 1910 is Old Forester. I know oh, that's yeah. a totally different thing, but I couldn't think of it. That's good whiskey, too. 1910, the 1920 is better. All right, boys. You ready? I am. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Hey, Chance, thanks for joining us tonight, man. We really appreciate you coming out to... Uh, to sip and talk whiskey with us. Uh, are you hanging out for last call? I'm going to hang out for last call. Fuck yeah. All right, so two for two we got coming to uh, to last call. So uh, for those of you in the stream, you definitely should hang out and uh, come spend time with uh, with Summer and Chance and Josh and I. And last call is going to get a little wild. But uh, for now, that will wrap it up for us here at Hey Bartender. All right, friends, we are back. We are at the bar. This is the part of the show where we sit down and we talk about really heavy, deep things. If we had a laugh machine, we would have hit the button and there would have been laughter. Uh, but we, <laughs> we don't really talk about heavy, deep. Every once in a while, we get a little silly. But uh, So for this part of the show, we are joined by uh, one of my very, very dear friends, uh, a wonderful podcaster of his own. Uh, he is half of the E14 podcast. Him and his wife, Jamie, they they. They go hard uh, often and uh, wonderfully and pick apart uh, uh, mental health, uh, very Navy-specific things, and uh, the, the show's phenomenal. But uh, but his camaraderie is the best part of all of this and has always been this. Uh, he's been a, a buddy of ours that uh, we just call up on a random Tuesday, and we're like, hey, let's hang out and drink, and he's he's always <laughs> down for a good time. So, uh, so my friend... Heath Britt, it is so good to see you, dude. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Oh, I know, man. Uh, I can't tell you how much it means to me that to be on y'all show tonight. This is uh, the season two finale, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. 
Hell yeah, hell yeah. We're we're glad to have you here. We uh, yeah. yeah and what we're gonna kind of talk about tonight is uh, and and Josh and I have had a couple different episodes along the way where we've talked about you know podcasting and what it means to us in this. Uh, I want to talk about like season two, what we had, you know, where we started, what we had planned, um, and where we ended up because uh, where where we started was not where we are right now. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I think any podcaster can say that, right? Yeah. It starts humble beginnings, to say the least. Yeah, when we uh, we had the season two sit down, Josh and I were, were sipping whiskey uh, around my my table at, at the house, and you know we were writing out all of the shows and the titles and what we were going to drink and doing all this stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. And then we were going through like, all right, this one's going to be in person and this one's going to be in person. And then this plan's going to do this. And we're going to be here for this, 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 and this, and this. And, uh, and like, oh yeah, the studio will be done by this time. And, uh, and literally my, my, when you look at my book that we wrote down that night, <laughs> it, it has arrows and lines and scratches where we took a show and we moved it down over here and then we took this show we had to move it up over here and yeah. then this show was gone and then i was like nope we got to reschedule this 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 and this and this season uh the season didn't go at all as we planned and mm. uh and i i owe i think the people that listen to this uh an explanation for that um so we we've talked about my transition out of the army uh regularly heath himself just transitioned out of the navy back in october um, and so he can he can attest for the the challenges um, the mental challenges that that presents when you spend a lifetime of service um, and then you just got to put that away uh, you just kind of you, you put that in a box and that box goes up on the shelf and you've got to start this whole new thing um, and that by itself would be hard uh, and and it is hard and it is challenging and I have struggled way more than I thought I would. I thought I was ready to be like fuck you, I'm out. You know, like like I'm done. Like like fuck right, you, yeah. fuck you. You're cool. I'm out. You know, like I thought that was going to be how it was. Um, and and in all of the the transition classes, nobody tells you to be prepared. Um, to sit on your bathroom floor and cry for an hour. Um, yeah. because you're you're you have to repurpose your whole life. And a hundred percent, man, you're speaking, you're, you're speaking the truth right now. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. Um, and a lot of that transition, um, I, I had to do alone because, uh, I, for the last few months, uh, I'm uh, going through a, a divorce, uh, as well. And, and we haven't talked about it, um, uh, on the show and and now for the the season finale, you know, so there is the the added challenge of two major life transitions at the same time, uh, and that really just kicked the shit out of me, uh, super hard this season. And so there were there were shows where I I mean, well, shit, two weeks ago I showed up. Forty minutes late because I was a mess, um, and uh, you know, and Josh brilliantly hopped on, and we kind of reached out to a bunch of folks, uh, Heath included, uh, and got a a wonderful list of guest hosts that were available at the last minute um, because I, I knew how things were kind of going, and I knew that that for me it was going to be it was going to be rough, and uh, and and Josh has been super amazing throughout this whole thing and super patient because one of the things that I do is I'm I, I produce I do the editing and I 
uh, I load up the shows and I get them out there. So uh, again, for the folks who have been listening to the show for the, throughout the season, you know that uh, consistency has not been a thing for us. <laughs> some days we, some, some weeks we release on Mondays, some weeks we release on Wednesdays, some weeks we just don't fucking release at all and we don't say anything, you know. And, uh, and, and that that has that has been all me. That has been a hundred percent me because um, you know life is uh, life has been been challenging and it's been yeah. uh, a lot harder than I had anticipated. And although the show has been probably one of the very few stable things in my life at this time, you know, uh, Thursday nights yeah. at the tavern, like was, was something I look forward to because it was consistent. And even if, and there were plenty of nights where Josh and I got together and we didn't even record. Um, we just got together. We started talking and we're like, you know what? Fuck this. We're not doing a show tonight. Like we're, we're just, and we just sat there and we, we drank and we talked and we, we kind of went through everything and, you know, uh, he was a, a big temperature gauge for me. So, so like, that's been, that's been a really good thing, but real life like pops up and, and really kind of, kind of punches you in the mouth. Um, so, so Heath in, in that realm, what is, what is E14, uh, during your transition time, like what were some of the challenges that you faced um, with with the show, and then with with you know just life in general? I, I tell you what, man. What I always hated when I was a young chief in the Navy, you know, uh, that's like what you you're a, a sergeant first class, so you start really senior. You're really a senior enlisted guy at E seven in any any branch you're in, you know. Um. My big thing was when these old school E9s would retired E9s would come and tell us we're all fucked up. I'm like, dude, who the fuck are you? You're I'm a retired master chief. I said, like, exactly. You're fucking retired. Let's stay that way. That was me. And I always believed that dude, you're retired. Stay the fuck in your damn lane. You know, that was, that was how I felt about the retirees. Cause what you did in the eighties ain't what we do now. You know, everything's changed. So I, uh, I always kind of was like, I don't want to be that guy. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, you're, uh, yeah, you were a senior chief or E8, but you're not anymore, you know, stay in your lane. So I, I changed my approach a lot after I retired. I had to because, because I'm not active anymore. So it's okay. I always appreciate those, those senior enlisted guys retired that would try to guide me in a respectful way. So that's kind of how I changed my way. And more respectful. Hey, if I were you, I might try this. You know, more than hey, you really need to do this. You get, right. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You understand what? So Absolutely. that was my thing. Cause I didn't want to be that guy still wearing his rank on his sleeve when he don't have a rank anymore. Yeah. Because I know you were the guy. You see, in the army, it's like in the army, just like in the navy, just like in any any other branch. There's those guys that can't let go of their rank when they retire. Yeah. Yeah. They and need, they I, need I, that I did validation. not want to be that guy. Yeah. So that's how I approach the podcast because we're still E14. I haven't changed that because, you know, you put a lot of time and and effort into your name. Branding. You know, not yeah, yeah not so much money, but just a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I didn't want to change it to what do you do at 1E6 e in a civilian? I mean, what do you, <laughs> what, you know, that, you know, what do you do, right? So you keep the name, but you just got to do a different approach. So I, I still appreciate sailors. And not just sailors, any military member. I still appreciate what they do for our country. So I, I, I do my best to be like, yeah, I've come across that when I was in. Maybe this might work for you or or, or whatever. You know, I don't yeah. 
it's a little different approach now. Mm, yeah. And that but was, I, I do go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and that was the, those were the classes that, that we need. And that was the yeah. one thing I, I mean, I found myself, it's one in the morning walking around the woods of freaking Hanscom air force base where I lived, um, you know, uh, on the phone with my buddy, like, like, dude, why the fuck didn't anybody talk to me about this? You know, why, why, why wasn't I had to go to a four day fucking class on, right. you know, and what did we do? We created a LinkedIn, which has been good. Um, we talked about, you know, department of labor transitioning and like that. We, we talked about a bunch of shit, but no, nobody addressed the, you know, what is it going to be like when you take the uniform off? And, and a lot of that, that transition stuff is tailored to folks who do like a term or two, you know, the five-year guys, the seven-year guys, right? Not the people who have spent over two lot, decades yeah. in, in a specific system. And then that system is just like, you know, and getting my DD-214 was literally like, there was no pomp and circumstance in that at all. It was like, dude was like, all right, cool. Is this right? Yep. All right, cool. Is this right? Yep. All right. Shh, boop, boop, boop. Just like signing. Just like, Here you go. It's like uh, buying milk at a store, man. It was pretty nonchalant. Yeah. 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 And, like, yeah and, and, and so like, here I am, I'm holding these two pieces of paper. Like my, my entire last 21 and a half years is, is on these two pieces of paper. And I'm like, <laughs> That's it. So what do I do now? He's like, well, you can right. go. Out, you go take your hat off. You don't have to wear your hat anymore. Like, like great, great. You can wear flip flops instead of combat boots. You know, yeah. I I had uh, an amazing uh, uh, support um, during during that specific time, uh, and uh, and so I I was I was caught very well. Um, they haven't given me permission to talk about them yet, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say much about them. But um, uh, they were they were there when I came out, and um, it was that was where the celebration was. Was like, oh my god, like you did it, like congratulations, and they they're there to catch me, and uh, yeah. and that was that was huge, and that that helped me. Uh, immensely, you know, but that was like, that was it. And that's, and again, it was one of those things where like, man, like you, you know, you're not, you're not ready for that. And you're not ready for the, you know, the, how quickly it just, they just go about their day. Like, because for you in that moment, it's, it's massive. It's a huge thing. But for them, it's just like, oh yeah, yeah. I've got seven other appointments to do this afterwards. Like, you know, there's seven more people that are getting out today. So if you could just get your shit and get out, that'd be great. You know? <laughs> right. It, it, dude, it reminds me of like, you know, when you're, you know, you got a close member of your family passes and, and you're, you're, you're tore up. You're, you're distraught. Your your life's over for you for that, that, that point of time. But then you look at the rest of the world, it's still going. Mm-hmm. And nobody, I mean, it's not like nobody cares. People care, but they still have to get their shit done. Yeah. Even though you're at the end of a not end of your life, but you're at the end of a major chapter in your life. I mean, when you do twenty plus years of service to this country, I mean, you're institutionalized like like no. I mean, it's it's compared to almost prison because yeah. it's a routine, and and that's a big change. I remember I was still like I felt for long until Jamie set me down and gave me the come to Jesus meeting. Honestly, Jamie 
kid. And I was, I was like, I'm just, a, I'm just a bitch. I'm just a bitch boy now. Yeah. Basically. And she was like, and she had to sit me down and gave me the business and told me exactly how the cat ate the cabbage. And I had to change my, I changed my attitude. It took her to help me, let me realize, Hey, you're, you're being a freaking, you're, you're being a pain in the ass. Basically you need to change your whole attitude. And I, I did. And, and she was right. I was being, I was being terrible. That's, you know, because, uh, you know, well, that, that sediment, um, it was, it was a while ago now. Uh, I think it was shortly after you retired, you, uh, you had recorded a, a podcast and did a little clip of, uh, like a video clip of just after you guys stopped recording and, uh, yeah. You had, you were like, you can't censor me, baby. And she's like, yes, I can. You can't censor me. It was that's back when that was back when she edited. Now she really can't censor me. I no, it was no, it was it was yeah. brilliant because you had reached a point where you weren't worried about what you had to say and how things went, no and it just it was great. I just it was so enjoyable and. But at the same time, that idea of of letting go of a, a chunk of your life that was literally day to day, and it was your life for so long. Like shit. <sighs> Fuck. Uh, when was the last time you and I lived in the same state? It was twenty years, give or take. Oh, I mean, it was before I joined. Okay. We never lived in the same state when when I was in, so yeah, it would have been yeah. two, it would have been two thousand. Yeah, so it's wow. so it's it's been so drastic, and so yeah. for me, you know, you know, I don't have any military, whatever. I mean, I've been on military bases. That's about it. But <laughs> you know, right. so well, more than a lot of civilians. I mean, honestly, so you, you got a little idea. I, I see, Touch. even even that. But see, like I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm a person of habit. So like, yeah. I know any day my when my normal like roll of stuff gets messed up, I get I get antsy and weird. So thinking of a lifetime of of habit and procedure and stuff like that just coming to an end, holy shit! I I can't imagine that is easy in any way. Holy shit! I get pissed when certain roads I take to work are under construction, so I have to go some like take a different way to work. That pisses me off. So <laughs> having everything just change essentially overnight—holy fuck! That's that's intense. I think it still pissed me off uh, in the Navy. It still pissed me off that that shit would change. But I just—I guess I just learned to like just deal with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to get pissed off. Like, oh, I gotta do this now. What the fuck? <laughs> but I just, I just, I just kind of just like that's that's as far as it went. What the fuck? And then I would just do it. You know, it's one mm-hmm. of those things. Ian, I remember when 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 you retired. It right when you were getting ready to retire, you kept saying there was so much still to do. Yeah. And I remember telling you, like, look, bro, all you can do is your best. You remember that? Yeah. That's all you can do, man. And I, I, you know what? And it took me, I was probably 24 years in the Navy before I realized, Hey, that's all I can do. It's my best. And that, that's not just in the military. That's in civilian life too. All you can do is your best. That's it. All you can do is everything you can do. 
and you can't, nobody can expect you to do more. I, I still do that today. I, all I can do is whatever I can do. Yeah. Yeah. And that because, was, you know what? Go ahead. Yeah. No, it was, it was like running out of time. Like I was on a clock yeah. and I, I had, I yeah. had all these things I had to get done on this clock that was ticking and it was ticking and it was ticking yeah. and, and nothing was working and nothing was doing what, uh, I needed it to right. do and nothing was panning out how I, you know, I, cause I had this beautiful plan in my head. Um, and then that plan got shit on crumpled up and thrown away. So I drew a new plan. Um, and, and then the dog ate that plan. So I had to do a new whole new other plan. Like, you know, like, and it just kept, yeah. it just kept happening. And, and, and it was like, fuck. And then finally, like the day was here, like it was done. And I was like, I, I ran out of time. I didn't. And, and so now like all the plans that I had, like, well, we're going to go yeah. with whatever this is and we're going to try to make this a thing. And, you know, uh, and I had some, some fortunate turn of events and I got, I, I just got permission to, to talk about it. Um, you know, uh, again, Christine has been a huge, uh, support for me throughout this whole thing. And she's been there for a lot of it to when shit kind of went South, um, with a lot of things, uh, she was there to, to kind of grab a hold of me and, and give me a shake, uh, much like Jamie was with you, Heath, you know, like, right. like, Hey, you're, you're not dying. You're not dead. You're okay. Um, right. you know, this, this just sucks. Let's, let's go. Um, let's get up and go. And, right. and that was, that was huge. Um, because I, again, I, I was not prepared for, for how crippling, uh, this was. And, and I, I know I'm not the only one that feels that way, but like, I, I, and I, I think I mentioned it before, but the whole, the whole repurposing, you know, I, because you, you have such a clear, uh, purpose, when you when you're when you're in that lifestyle and uh it it there's it's just very defined and it's very structured and there's there's nice square corners and everything yeah um everything's perfect yeah and and now that whole that like it's it's gone so like what's what's my point what do i do like what's my purpose now like what 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 yeah what mission do i fulfill that's right because you don't have a mission anymore right that's a big deal. Yeah. That's, that's a thing. I mean, I've always been a mission driven son of a bitch. Like I'll get the mission done. There might be a wake of dead body. There might be dead bodies in my wake, but the mission's getting done, you know, but I don't have that no more. I'm just like waking up and I'm like, Hey, what do I do today? You know what I mean? That's a right. big change, dude. Cause I worked until the bitter end, man. I, I was there and until I took my, I never took terminal leave. I took just a house hunting, job hunting for 20 days. I sold back my leave, but I worked there. I worked until the end and I was, one day I woke up and there was nothing else to do. Mm. I, I said, like, Hey, I can get up when I want to get up. If I don't want to do shit today, I don't really don't have to. Mm. This is, this is a, that's a big change. Yeah. Yeah. I'm finding that being alone is a bigger struggle than I had ever imagined it would be. Uh, and learning how to be alone, um, because I've not gotten a goddamn ounce of personal space over the last 20 years. Um, (laughs) I have always (laughs) had people in my shit, uh, all over the place. And, uh, and, and so now like the, the quiet, Right. And that yeah. you're, you're sitting there by yourself and, uh, and you're, I've never heard my thoughts be that loud before to where it's like, 
my thoughts are like screaming and it's like, oh my God, why are they so loud? Just shut the (laughs) fuck up and let me just sit here in peace. Uh, and that's, that's been, that, that's been, that's been super tough and all of this. Yeah. And I'm I'm sharing all this to, you know, to kind of drive home the fact that this is not the plan that Josh and I drew out, you know, uh, in December, uh, for season two, this was not at all what we had figured would be a thing. And that's kind of been, that's kind of been my life for the last six months as we've rolled through season two. Um, what could go wrong has, and what can change, uh, or what had the opportunity to change has changed. Uh, and, and trying to figure out how to, how to keep this thing rolling, uh, throughout has been, you know, it, that's been one of the things that's been, it's been hard and, and Josh has been super patient because, you know, again, like this has been, this has been me. I've been the, the spaz and all over the place. And, uh, oh, I mean, and, it's to be expected. You got, you got two life, big life changes happen. You at the damn same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure your brother understands that. I know I get it, man. Uh, but what do you, what's your plans? Are you planning on living in Michigan? Uh, no, I, I took a job with, uh, with LSI and, uh, I'm going to be doing some, some teaching and uh fielding work so uh so i'll be living in north carolina okay yeah wow damn you're not gonna be far from me when i move no <laughs> no you're just uh, a couple states away right up 81 yeah man yeah dude all right you maybe the tavern in question come to me sometimes hell yeah josh <laughs> josh and i can meet halfway yeah there we go What's that like Oh man, but you got you got to pay the bills, bro. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, and all all this has been it, it's been better because yeah, we've had we've had folks uh, like the folks that have joined us tonight with Heath and and Chance and Summer. Lisa has been another big one. She's she's been uh, a a presence throughout this whole thing. Um, Chuck from uh, Chuck and Ruff go to the movies. Hermes, Hermes made the drive. He did that. He pulled some kamikaze shit uh, and showed up at my house at like ten o'clock at night, the night of my retirement ceremony. It was uh, magic. It was unbelievable. <laughs> like all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door, and I open the door, and here is this person who does not match his voice. Oh fuck! You know what no. I mean? Well, here's the deal. I got the selfie. The the, the selfie, y'all. It was you, drunker and shit. And then there was Hermes, the alien. He had an alien face. So was he, he's, he is legit an alien. He he is legit. Like and that, <laughs> that's his real face. You know, that, 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 the alien is his real face. No, who knew? Uh, but yeah, it was. And it was one of those deals where, like, I open the door and here's this person standing out on my porch, and I'm like, "Hi, who the fuck are yeah, you?" Because I hadn't looked at my phone, and he had been texting me the whole time. I had not touched my phone in a couple hours, and he was like, "I think I'm here. Oh my god, answer your phone!" Like, what the fuck? You know. Afterwards, I, I looked at the phone, but like, so I opened the door, and here's this person, and he's like, "Ian," and I'm like, I recognized his voice, and I was like, yeah. "Holy yeah. shit!" <laughs> like, what? the scuttlebutt sends their regards. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And he came in, you know. And, uh, but but again, you know, here's here's a, a person that I met, you know, through podcasting on the internet, and and now they're in real life made a crazy drive to come support me on on such a big day, uh, and that was that was huge. Well, uh, same with uh, a few weeks ago where 
uh, Lisa Charlotte and Chance uh, at literally the last minute. Like, I guess they were gearing up to to watch the stream and did not plan to be a part of the stream. And uh, Lisa had even had mentioned how she had had a pretty shit day. And she was like, I, I don't think this is going to work. And we, fuck, we went hard that night. And at the end of the night, she was like, oh, my God. She's like, this, this is what I needed. And it's like, that's good because, fuck, that's what we're here for. Yeah. So... I love, that's what I love about podcasting is that like, like Ian, Josh, I never met y'all in person. Hermes, I never met him in person. A lot of people, Chuck and Ruff. Chuck, I never met him in person. And I consider all y'all some of my good buddies. Like, yeah. they were die type yeah. buddies. And, and I've never met y'all in person. And that's what I love about this gig is because it's, it's not about the money, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's about it's about it's about the people you meet and I, I did that in one of the episodes I told that to Jamie during the episode I was like this is what I love about this shit is that we get to meet cool people and talk to them and they share their lives with us yeah and I know that I know their whole backstory whether they want me to know it or not but we, we get you know we get it out of these people uh you included you get it out of people we all get it out of people and it just makes everybody closer as a as a as a community, a tight knit community. Like people that I would probably never have even gotten along with any other way. Not saying not not like people like you and Hermes, I probably got along with anyway because we're all military. We're in military, it real real recognizes real. But there's some people I probably wouldn't have unless I was doing this. Yeah. And now, like if they were driving through my town, need a place to stay, they were always welcome. Mm. It's like we grew up together instead of just met each other in our 30s and 40s, you know, over a, a podcast. Yeah. Mm. You know, you know what I'm saying? It makes sense. I, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely does. Yeah. Uh, and, and how how those relationships developed um, uh, quickly and how they they became, you know, it was it wasn't like, you you know, you have you have those those casual acquaintances where like you're like you're, you're polite with them, but but you're not like right. overly friendly. Um, right. But it was surprising how uh, this community of folks was, uh, went from like zero to hero in less than an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, you sit down with somebody and, behind a microphone and, and you just start going. And next thing you know, you're like, Oh no, this fucking person's for real. Yeah. Like it reminds me of the military dude. Like, cause yeah. you're doing the suck together. Yeah. Yeah. It's about doing the suck together that brings people together, brings people closer. Yep. Definitely. I agree. I tell you, like, in a lot of my people I met, like, like you know, I feel like like I got a lot to do. I got a lot, I got my work cut up me because you had Summer on, who's awesome, and Chance, who's awesome, uh, on before. And, like, I haven't had Chance on the show yet, but I, I do in the future want to have Chance on the show. But I had Summer on all because I heard the Tavern in Question with Summer on there. I was like, dude, she's got to come on the show. She's hilarious. <laughs> oh, she's, she is amazing. She's and, she's joining us here in just a few minutes. So yeah, yeah, she's great. And and I I had to have her on the show, which was a great show. I had her on. It was the, you know the about about and I'll, I, y'all talked a little bit about when she when she got broke and her house got broken too, and she charged the, the intruder. <laughs> dude, you got to come on my show. That's some. That's some 
That's some cool shit. With the giant cross from the front yard. Took it out, got it impaled the dude. She went aggressive Jesus on him. Yeah, she was going hey, she was gonna give him the Jesus. And uh and that this stuff is awesome. You know, people like that, you don't still meet on the street every day. No. No, and she was just like, I guess that she had that, uh, what, an epiphany. I'm just tired of the bullshit. I'm going to stab a son bitch. Yep. And she went off for it. Wrong, it wrong house, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You don't mess with Summer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, dude, does Summer got to stab a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Quite literally, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and Chance, who's like... Super educated. He's a damn teacher for crying out loud. And he'll get he'll get wild on y'all show and talk shit and drink whiskey. But he's a he he molds young minds. Hey, I love mm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that guy that can be a real dude. And then the next day he's a he's a you know he's a hero. Mm. You know, Absolutely. molding young minds. You know, in my opinion, a hero. I think teachers are heroes. And. And he can he's, he can chalk it up with the best of them and get drunk and talk shit because you know he gets wild and crazy too. Yeah, he does. And, <laughs> and I, I I love that. I love that. And then you got Hermes, who's a he's always a wild card. You never know what the hell Hermes is going to do, but he's super. He's a to me he's one of the better hosts in the podcast business. Mm, and I've told yeah. him that. There's you know honestly when I was got into the business there was you, and there was Hermes who I thought were great like. Like could like lead a conversation if they had. A, I really looked up to you guys and like you know like there was other people like Florida men I thought were great and then there was a few more I thought were really good hosts and but but super fun guys to just drink drink whiskey with or drink beer with too yeah mm-hmm. you know? absolutely that's the reason I love this business is because of the people that do the business mm. yeah. Like that, we did an episode where we did a season where it was just it was just mostly collabs, and that was I uh, had so much fun with doing collaborations with other podcasts. Like I met you, Ian, through I listened to your podcast, Wild Whiskey, and I heard you. You came on. Uh, you did another one. I can't remember. I think you might have did with Chuck with the uh, Wizard of Oz. Hell yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, that was a great episode. And then that's when you you came on our show. And and man, we I was hooked. I was hooked on your show. I was hooked on you. And man, you got Jamie hammered drunk. It was good times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she called me Grandpa Bad Decisions. <laughs> she did. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you actually, you actually, that, that, I think that cut deep because you mentioned it on a few episodes. I did. I did. I, any chance I get to talk some shit about Jamie calling me Grandpa Bad Decisions? Well, she followed yeah. him. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she I'm, did it. It's not my fault. She can't hold her. <laughs> oh, she can't hold her booze. Yeah. Uh, hey, she 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 did all right. No, she did. For a, for a person that did do whiskey, I, because we were we were pounding some whiskey back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, was good though. Was, yeah. Yeah. You got she got me Widow James for my birthday right after we had that podcast. Awesome. That's it's good been stuff. Awesome sense. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us. We're we're crawling up on two hours here, real yeah. quick. Oh fuck! Uh, real so, quick. Uh, so yeah, like super quick. Yeah. So this is going to be it for us for season two. Uh, season three will be right around the corner. I'm thinking August sometime is when you'll start seeing us back on the the stream and uh, and releasing some some episodes uh, on Mondays and on time as best we can. 
and when I say we, I mean me, uh, as best I can. And uh, and we will we will come at you with with more new, lots of new as as the new keeps happening for us. We we are experiencing many new things uh, in this this season of life, and uh, and we'll come and we'll share them all with y'all, Heath. Thank you so much for uh, for taking time out of your night and and coming and hanging out with us, man. Thank you, brother. Uh, I fucking love you, and uh, love you too, man. Uh, I appreciate you. So don't go anywhere. We've got uh, we got a last call coming up, so we're gonna pull everybody in, and it's gonna get a little super wild and crazy. So, uh, but for those of you in podcast land, uh, join us Thursday seven thirty, uh, starting in August. Back up again. We're gonna take some time off and uh, regroup and refit. Um, but you'll find us in August starting uh, that first Thursday at 7.30. We'll be, we'll be back at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, all right, all right. Sorry. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> all right. We'll catch you guys next time. Good night. Good night.